great story, and uh, the part that I love about it that is really going to be quite a big uh, part of today is the fact of John in a room with an open Bible, and that's it. A guy in a room with his Bible open, and God can do an incredible work. And by the way, may I remind us right now, we are here in a room, and we're going to open our Bibles, and God do a work, right? Lord, I pray as we dig into your word that you would show yourself. God, I would pray we wouldn't walk away today with some nice thoughts. I just pray it wouldn't be that, wouldn't be it. I don't know. I just pray that we open your word and that the Spirit of God would do a work that only the Spirit of God can do. Lord, I would just ask if there's people here this morning that need to be encouraged through your word, that the Spirit of God would encourage them through the word. And God, if there's people here this morning who need to understand the full uh, ongoing story of what it means to become saved in Christ like John, I pray that the Spirit of God would work on their hearts to bring them that place, to drive the stake in the ground and receive Christ as their Savior and start that journey. Lord, I would pray if someone uh, needs to be just uh, shaken up today, that the Spirit of God, only as the Spirit of God knows, would shake that person up today for your glory, for their good. I just would ask more of you, Lord, more of you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, if you take John's story that we just saw and you add it to Jonathan's story from last Sunday, I don't know if... If you weren't here, Jonathan, that big dude who, you know, the tats all up the arms and a bare-fisted professional fighter and street brawler guy. If you take and you add these two stories together, uh, I would just kind of say, anyways, they're regular guys, uh, tough guys, (laughs) uh, but regular guys. And when you put their stories together, their stories tell the same story as Solomon. Two guys who are pursuing after what the world says is the answers and the hopes and and, and the dreams and and what will give you satisfaction in life. Uh, Pursue those things and and you'll get it. And the reality is, is they found out just like what Solomon found out, what we took took a look at last Sunday, the soap bubble reality. Pop, it's gone and empty. And you're like, that's it? Seriously, that's it? And yet it comes to the place to where when a person has a Bible on their lap and they come in contact with the God of the universe through the God's word written for us, uh, they come to know what satisfaction is all about. I mean, it's a soul-satisfying satisfaction, not some of this wimpy soap bubble pop and gone stuff that the world's offering us today. Well, we're in the second week of our four-week series on Solomon on stewardship. We're letting uh, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs just shed some light on stewarding uh, in our lives and uh, stewarding in areas that we've been entrusted with by God, stewarding with things that we've been entrusted with by God. And last Sunday, it was about stewarding our soul a key statement, it's up on the screen. You are a soul with a body. 
Uh, you're not a body with a soul. There's a big difference here. You are a soul with a body. And last week we keyed in in Ecclesiastes on that you are a soul part. Today we're keying in kind of on that you are a body part. You know, stewarding yourself. What we're going to do is we're going to put some flesh on the soul thing. Okay, the whole stewarding your soul thing. We're putting some flesh on that in our time today. Um, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, right about smack dab in the middle of your Bible, if you're new to the Bible. You are a soul with a body. Uh, a key statement along with a key image up here on the screen uh, is this for today. Key statement, the control center of my soul is right between my ears. The control center of my soul is right between my ears. And we're going to see that in Proverbs today. Uh, That means, friends, that the stewarding of your soul happens right here. Okay, you go back in Old Testament times, times when Proverbs were written, and they would talk about the heart. We'll see terms in here about the heart. Back in the day back then, they saw that, that the heart, that they would oftentimes even use the term the bowels and the bowels of a person. That's kind of where it is. But in our culture, in our world, and how we think and process, uh, we, we really, uh, I see people get confused when they think about your heart and then they think about all the ooey-gooey emotions in our culture, how we think about it. But the reality is, is it's going right after here. Um, And I want to start here by reading the first nine verses to see this reality, because I start this by asking this. As we read these first verses, where is Solomon aiming? I mean, where is he aiming at? Let's read these, uh, verses one through nine. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness and justice and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. As we just get started in the book of Proverbs, uh, again, what's Solomon's objective here? In other words, where is he aiming? I think it's very, very clear here. He is aiming right here. Uh, he's aiming right here with his son. He's, as we see here, it starts out by writing to his son. And it's like, I'm going right here, son. And for us as well, he's going right here, right between the ears. And he's aiming there right at the mind because that's the control center. That's the control center of our soul. It's between the ears where your gears turn, as the picture depicts. It's between the ears where you reason. It's between the ears where you want. It's between the ears where you decide what is important to you. It's between the ears where you determine what you value and what you don't value. By the way, think about this. It's between the ears where your emotions are sourced and formed. I mean, think about it. 
you feel because of what you think. When, when, when you're feeling great joy, why? There's reasons for that. There's thinking behind that. Uh, when you're feeling anger, why? Because things aren't happening the way I think they should right now. Because I'm not getting what I want right now. That, that's all thinking in the process there. That's where the anger is sourced at. When I'm feeling sad, why are you feeling sad? Why do I feel sad? Because of what's happening up here. Because of our understanding, our thinking, our processing of life. Uh, when you feel loved and just how wonderful it is to feel loved, why are you feeling that feeling? Answer, because you're thinking what you're thinking. And everything associated with that. Friends, we are not just a walking compilation of cells. You are a soul with a body, and the mind is the control center of that. And that's why Proverbs, the whole book, just goes after one's mind. It goes straight there. This is a book that is trying to get in your head. That's the whole purpose of it. In fact, I'll add this to it. It's got 915 verses in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Some 300 terms are used referring to the mind. Terms such as these. Uh, Terms such as uh, the mind or know or knowledge or insight, heart, understand, understanding, wisdom, wise. So that means if you were to take that and you were just to statistically spread it all out, that means that every third verse is going at your head. Okay, got the idea? This is just key to it. In fact, let me give you 10 examples of some passages on this. Uh, Between the ears verses. Proverbs one twenty two. It says, a fool hates knowledge. Where's knowledge at? Uh, Between your ears. Uh, Proverbs 3.5. Here's a common one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, where's the heart? The reality is it's between your ears. As it's talking about here, that's the control center of what's going on. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance. And I love this. For from it flow the springs of life. Hey, you want to know where life flows out of you from? Right here. This is where life flows out of. Another one, uh, Proverbs 9.6, leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of insight. Proverbs 13, 16, and everything, the prudent acts with knowledge. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. Here's another one. Here's a big one. Proverbs 18, 15, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge. There's another big one. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. You know what? I don't need you telling me anything because I got it all together. I don't need God telling me anything. I don't need God's word telling me anything because I know what to do. Sorry about this, and I'm going to try and say this as kindly as I can, but biblically, you're called a fool if that's how you live. And yet there's hope for fools. There's total hope. And I'm one of those that can attest to hope for fools. Proverbs 31, you know, the whole Proverbs 31 woman, so she opens her mouth with wisdom. Love that. Way to go, ladies. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Everybody turn to Proverbs 9.10. Proverbs 9.10. Key verse on your mind. With each one of these things today that I'm giving you, I'm going to be going to a key verse. 
And I just want to put one out there here uh, for your mind uh, in between your ears. Here's one, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. By the way, you remember last Sunday, Ecclesiastes, the end of the matter is this, Solomon said, fear God. And here it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Hey, you want wisdom? Get knowledge, insight into the Holy One. And where do you get that wisdom? Where do you get that knowledge? Uh, Right here. That all goes back to John. John in a room, Bible open, and the Spirit of God doing a work through the Word of God. And knowledge comes about. Knowledge of the Holy One. Friends, you do what you do because you think what you think. You do what you do because you think what you think. If you want to know why you do what you do, and oftentimes in working with people, I'll ask the question, why did you do that? Here's the off, more the response than not. I don't know. Yes, you do. Oh, you absolutely do. The, the, the thing that needs to be helped is, is you need to go back and think through what happened. Because you just didn't do what you did just randomly with no control at all. No, you did what you did because you had thinking behind what you did. You do what you do because you think what you think. If you want to grow and change in Christ, you got to get between your ears. If you want to grow in the knowledge of the Holy One, you've got to take this and put it right between your ears. That's the deal. That's what's happening here in in the reality because the control center of our soul is right between your ears. The mind is at the center of your relationships. Let me turn it this way. Your mind is at the center of your relationship problems. Your mind is at the center of your anger issues. Your mind is the center of your money issues. Your mind is the center of your discouragement. Your mind is the center of your career issues. Your mind is the center of your addictions. Your your mind is the center of your parenting. Your mind is the centering place of your spiritual issues. The control center of your soul is right between your ears. And and I'm spending the time on this one, and honestly, less time on the ones that things to be coming here, Because so often, uh, as we've been working with believers in Christ, we find that believers in Christ just don't know how to put flesh on what's going on. They think the soul is just this mystical kind of a thing that's out there, and it's just like, I have no control of it. I just don't even know what it is. And it's just like, I'm just waiting for God just to go, poop, and every... (laughs) Wrong word. (laughs) Wow, that was interesting. You do what you do because you think what you think. Anyway... Um, God goes, pow, and, uh, and all of a sudden, it, it, it's like, I'm something new. I just got to tell you, that's not how it works the majority of the time. Can God do miracles? Absolutely, God can. But this is where we're going here. And so I'm spending the time between your ears because I want to set this on the table really, really well. Because if you don't understand that the control center of your soul is right here, you're going to go through your Christian life very confused and having a hard time to know where to start and where to go. And that's why Solomon in Proverbs and Solomon in Ecclesiastes, the human author of those books, 
is going right between your ears. Because God wants to go right between your ears and get at the control center of your lives. Well, well let's put some flesh on all this, okay? Uh, I'm going to lay out here uh, six uh, areas. It's kind of a, you are a soul with a body. We're going to kind of lay out six body areas, if you will, here, just to put out on the table. And I'm going to do it in this kind of a way. I'm just going to ask you to sit back and listen to some passages because I just want to go with what God did with John, where just in a room, open Bible, and I want for you to hear, and then I'm going to have all of us turn to one verse with each of these, kind of a center verse for each of these, but I want for you to be doing this in these six areas. I want, as we go through these, I want for you to be able to walk away today and go, what's the one, just the one, not the two, not the three, not the four, not the five, not the six. What is the one area that you need to get after this week? Okay. Because I'm actually going to ask you, might you consider this month, making this month a month where you're going to read through Proverbs, today's uh, Proverbs chapter one, September 1st, and we're going to start there. And I want for you this month, as you read through the book of Proverbs, to be looking for that one area that you're picking out, okay? And God, do a work in my heart, Bible open, Spirit of God here, God, do a work in my life with it. So let's start with six areas, put some uh, flesh on these, and I'm picking these six areas because uh, Proverbs talks a lot about these six. Uh, By the way, uh, you have in your sermon notes there a list of these six areas. I'm going about them in a different area, that's a different order, that's my bad. Uh, We were traveling this week, coming back from D.C., and I changed the order that I had given to Chris. So all of them are there, but uh, I'm going to be processing them a different way, that's my bad. So here we go, number one, stewarding my mouth stewarding my mouth. Some 150 times in Proverbs, it talks about the mouth, it talks about the tongue, it talks about speech. Uh, Here's some of those. Just listen to these. If you want to write the references down, that's fine, but just listen. Proverbs 4.24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Not away from you, far from you. Proverbs 10.20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. Have you just talked with someone and it's like every time you talk with them, it's just like, that's gold. Choice silver. Proverbs 10.31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Think about that. The mouth brings forth wisdom. Why? Because the mouth is coming from the mind. In fact, uh, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think about it this way. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do you say what you say? Say what you say because you're thinking what you're thinking. That's what's going on. Here's another one. Um, Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13, 3, whoever guards his mouth, a steward your mouth. Whoever guards your mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wise his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. I mean, listen to this. A, 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 a tongue that is, that is of wisdom, a, a choice silver, brings forth wisdom, brings healing, preserves life. It's a tree of life. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Scripture talks about don't be quick to answer. Why? Because you got to do this before you do this. Well, I just say what I think. Stop it. I just lovingly on the table. Then you need to stop it. 
Because the wise ponders how they answer. Here's a good one. Proverbs 18, 7. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. You see, it's attached. This is flesh on the soul. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Lie. Please don't teach your children that. It's a biblical lie. Can you remember words that people have said to you that you can't forget? And to this day, they still hurt. I can. Some 40 plus years earlier, some words said, I still remember them vividly. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Stewarding your mouth. Proverbs 26, 28, a flattering mouth works ruin. Here's Proverbs 31 again, the Proverbs 31 woman. Listen to this. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Here's a verse. Everybody turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, 4. Oh, this is a good one. Proverbs 18, 4. The words of a man's mouth, the words of a woman's mouth, are deep waters. I love that because uh, we forget that what we say is a direct tie to how you think. And if our mind is the control center of our soul, you really want to know the condition of your soul? Uh, uh, review how you talk. Oh, and by the way, I'm not just talking verbally. I'm talking about even unstated words. You really want to know what's going on in your soul? Think about how you're talking to yourself. Are you preaching to yourself? Are you bringing biblical truth in your mind as you process? Uh, What you do with your mouth says a lot about uh, your soul because it reveals your soul. So I ask this, maybe for you, you're a person that's struggling to steward your mouth. Maybe this is the one you need to key in on. Proverbs talks a lot about it. Second one, stewarding my eyes. Stewarding my eyes. Here's a couple of verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 6, 16 to 17. There are six th- things that the Lord hates. Not dislikes, hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Uh, number one, haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. What's that mean? High eyes. Hebrew word has this idea of high eyes. It's kind of like this. I just want you to know, I'm all better than you. I'm way better than you because I got high eyes. That's the idea of it. Someone's kind of lifting their eyes up high and haughty and proud. God hates that. God hates that. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. I got this figured out. Really, I got this figured out. Proverbs 21, 4. Haughty eyes, high eyes are a proud and a proud heart are sin. Proverbs twenty six twelve. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. 
Ow. Ow. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, have you noticed the, the, the passages that I've already brought up about the eyes aren't actually having to do with what you see. They have to do with how you see yourself. So I ask the question, in a world that loves to say you need to think higher and higher and higher of yourself, how high do you think of yourself? Remember Joshua? Face to the ground? Lord, what would you have me, your servant? Remember the term we were talking about, servant? What would me, your slave, do for you that's like low eyes we need to have a proper self-esteem but we need to have a biblically proper esteem we need to esteem god high you're not a worm not saying that but please understand it's about god and the we can have joy when we see ourselves rightly in light of seeing him rightly by the way uh, john in the video i noted down Some of the things he said about his eyes. He said, after he's reading the word, he said, I I, I was broken. He said, my eyes were opened. I saw all my sin. And it was disgusting. It was all disgusting. Wow. Wow. And you realize that when he saw his sin, he saw a need of a savior. And he saw a great conquering God who can save and can redeem. High eyes don't need a God. A couple verses on the stewarding side of your eyes. Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look directly forward. Your gaze be straight before you. Straight ahead. You go to the New Testament. We're in a race. We're running the prize. Jesus at the end of the finish line. Eyes there. Focus there. That's the deal. Not looking all around. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, that's cool. Look at that. Whoa, that's cool. Look at that. No, no, straight ahead, running. That's what it's talking about. Eyes on the course. Another one, Proverbs 27, 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself. And the prize see danger. Run. Hide. Uh, everybody turn to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, key verse. Proverbs 6, 4. I love this. It says, give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. This isn't saying, God is not saying don't ever sleep. Okay, that's not what this is talking about. But look at this. Give your eyes no sleep. Give your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. So with my eyes, here's the deal. In stewarding my eyes, there's the reality. You're being hunted. That means eyes wide open all the time. Eyes open, eyes open, eyes aware of what's going on. Eyes on the prize, eyes with wisdom, eyes open on the game. Knowing that you are being hunted down and would, Satan would love nothing more than to just get the crosshairs on you and take you out. No sleep for the eyes. That's stewarding. No sleep for the eyes. Number three, stewarding my ears. Stewarding my ears. Here's some verses on that from Proverbs. Proverbs 1, 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Proverbs 15, 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Boy, that's hard to be corrected, isn't it? It's hard to be challenged. 
But we need to have ears that are willing to take that. Proverbs 17.4, an even, evildoer listens to wicked lips. Proverbs 19.27, cease to hear instruction and you will stray from words of knowledge. Proverbs 21.13, this is an interesting one. Whoever closes his ear to the cries of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. This is just even being aware of what's going on and caring about people and the hurting and the poor. Proverbs 23.12, apply your heart to instruction, your ear to the words of knowledge. Proverbs 28.9, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Your ears are, are, are directly tied to your mind, and your mind is the control center of your soul. Everybody turn to Proverbs 2. Kind of pick up the pace here. Proverbs 2, verse 2. Key verse for stewarding my ears. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. So I ask, what are you tuning your ears to? What are you tuning your ears to? At school? At work? With the family? Hey, did you hear about uncle? What about with the TV? Not on my notes. Seminary class. We had a half hour discussion. Professor asked this question. How many cuss words are okay for you to go to a movie? It was a half hour discussion. Almost led to fistfights. <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. But I do ask, what's okay to allow your ears to hear? I'm not trying to be a prude. I'm just asking the question. Stewarding my mouth, stewarding my eyes, stewarding my ears. Are there any of those that you are like, I've got to get after that? I've just got to get after that. By the way, what comes out of the mind does not just show itself that way, but also what's coming in that way goes into the mind. What are you feeding your mind through your ears? What are you feeding your mind through your eyes? Not only what you see, but how you see yourself. In speech, and what you talk, and what you say, and who you talk with. Uh, how is that feeding the control center of your soul? Friends, this is the flesh on the reality of it. You are a soul with a body. The mind is the control center of your soul. And it's lived out through your mouth, through your eyes, and through your ears. Proverbs has three other areas. We'll just go through these. Number four, stewarding my hands. Proverbs 6, 16 through 17 says, There are six things that the Lord hates. We've already touched on this. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Isn't that interesting? Eyes, mouth. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Proverbs 6, 10 through 11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. 
Poverty will come upon you like a robber. Proverbs 10.4 A lazy hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent make wealth. Proverbs 12.24 The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 21.25 The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. Everybody turn to Proverbs 31. Because there's not just a verse. There's a key chapter on your hands. Proverbs 31, and I want you to turn there. I'm just going to read a couple segments out of Proverbs 31. Because you see this woman, by the way, it's kind of a poetic structure. It's following off of the Hebrew alphabet and how it's formed out in this. So not only is it just an amazing telling of this woman, but it's also a very beautiful telling of a woman here and just a couple things i noticed out of it you just kind of gaze through proverbs 31 where it's talking about this woman and a couple things that are said it says she opens her hands to the poor and the needy right she opens her hands to them it says she works with willing hands with the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates i just asked do you have those kind of hands I'll put it this way. Do you have hardworking hands? Or I think I need to ask, or do you have slothful hands? Or just being straight up? Or do you have lazy hands? Oh, but I'm so busy. Really busy with what? Maybe so. But I'm just kind of pressing in. I don't know. Maybe the Lord would have for some. This is just what you need to hear. And maybe you're looking at your life and it's like, I got lazy hands. That's just the honest straight of it. I'm just a lazy man. I'm just a lazy woman. And I got to get after it because slothful hands are not the kind of hands that the Lord wants you to have. Your hands reveal what's going on in your soul. Lazy hands come out of thinking that has reasons on why you want to be lazy. And that thinking is the control center of your soul. This is all spiritual issues. Five, stewarding my feet. Stewarding my feet. Uh, Proverbs 1, 16, it says, The feet of sinners run to evil. Proverbs six twenty eight. Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not get scorched? that whole section there is talking about uh, with the seductress and uh, sexual temptation. And it's like, listen, go there and you think you're not going to get burned. And listen, let's not be self-righteous enough to just in this room be like, not me, not you. Hey, listen, in our world, as it's been since sin ever came into the picture, this is a reality. It's there. The seductress is there. In fact, do you realize that the largest growing percentage of people getting involved in porn are young women? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not get scorched? Proverbs seven eleven: she, the seductress, is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Proverbs 19, 2. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Turn to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, key verse. Talking about stewarding my feet. Proverbs 4, verse 26. It says, ponder the path of your feet. 
I love that. And that sums it all up. Ponder the path of your feet. Where are you going? Where, not just what you're doing, but where are you going? Where are you placing yourself? Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Your feet reveal your soul. Six, stewarding my body. Stewarding my body. It's interesting, in, in Proverbs, uh, Solomon keys in on both where to go and where not to go with your body. Uh, a summary on kind of where to go is Proverbs 4, 5. It says, go get wisdom, get insight. (laughs) And here's what's intriguing. Proverbs actually doesn't talk a whole lot about where to go outside of that. When Proverbs talks about where to go with your body, it's talking mainly about where not to go. Uh, And here's a few examples. Uh, Proverbs 4, 14 to 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass it on by. Just don't go there. Wow. Wish that was the reality for us, huh? More of that, Lord, right? More of that in all of us, right? I don't know, right? Yeah, me too. Proverbs 5, 8. Keep your way far from her, from the adulterous woman. Do not go near the door of her house. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near her in the office. Keep your way far from her. Just don't go there on the screen. Keep your way far from her. Don't go to evil. Don't go to sexual impurity. And also Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Make no friendship with a man given to anger. And then it goes on to say, don't go with a wrathful man. Not only is that good dating advice, but it's just good life advice. Just don't go with a wrathful person. Just just don't be there. Key verse, turn to Proverbs 25. Last verse, Proverbs 25. Verse 28. Proverbs 5, 28. A man, a woman, without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Stewarding my body, the reality is, is not only stewarding my body, but stewarding my hands, my feet, my ears, my eyes, my mouth. It all comes down to this. Self-control. And where does self-control come out of? Self-control comes out of here. I have to stop talking that way. I, I, I have to stop speaking as a critical person. Why does my mouth always go critical? I have to stop that. Why? Why? Because God is not pleased with that. I need to change my thinking. I need to put that off. And by the way, it's not just enough to stop critical speech or to stop uh, bad language. It's to to replace it. It's to to put on grace and truth. I just don't want to no longer be a critical speaking person or I don't want to no longer be a cussing speaking person. I want to be a grace speaking person. 
that doesn't just happen by poof. I would so love to pray over you and just go, go away. I'd ask you to pray that over me. Oh, I so wish it was. But we come to this verse and it really is. It starts here. And we go to the next. Uh, Seeing how many Proverbs talk about how we see ourselves. I've got to see myself rightly. It doesn't mean I just sit back and go, I'm a worm, I'm worthless. No, 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 that's not what it's talking about. But, but it's more of a, uh, just like John, I am a sinner, totally depraved. I'm bent to sin. I go there before anywhere else just naturally. And so do you. And I need a savior. And when I'm redeemed in Christ, oh my goodness, what the Bible says about the person that's redeemed in Christ, you have been forgiven of all your past transgressions, all your future transgressions, gone. Listen to me. If you have a horrific past, if you've done like some really bad sins in the past, and you know Jesus Christ as your savior, you need to see yourself rightly. It has been taken away. That does not define you anymore. Jesus defines you. The full righteousness of Jesus defines you fully. That's all up here, isn't it? Do you see? I'm trying to give some examples of this. This is just us talking today, okay? Let's pray. Let me just ask you as we're wrapping up here. Uh, out of these things, what, what, what's the one you need to get after this week in a, in a serious way? I'm not saying it's all fallen apart, and you know, if you will. I'm not saying it's like all gone to hell kind of a thing. I'm just saying what, what's an area in your life that you, you need to grow in and work on? I don't know, maybe you need to circle it on your page or write it on your hand or get a post-it note that just has like lips on it (laughs) or an ear on it or a foot on it and just put it on your wallet. I don't know. Post it in the mirror when you're getting ready in the morning just to remind you today, uh, I'm keying in on what I'm doing with my hands today. I'm going to be a hard worker today for the Lord even if I don't enjoy my job. What's the one? What's the one for you? And along with that, I would just add, maybe this month, you consider just reading Proverbs, one chapter a day based on the date of the day, and you read it and you look for that thing in that chapter and just key in on that this month. Lord, um, Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the fact that you're not a law God that is just waiting to crush our every mistake of our mouth, mistake of our hands. God, you're a God who redeems people just like John sinners in need of a soul satisfying satisfaction that can only be filled by you God thank you that you are that redeemer God and 
Lord, I would pray that you would help us to be followers of you in life to where our mind is fully engaged, that control center of of how we do life, that we would see life today and this week more biblically maybe than we've ever seen it in the past prior weeks. That, That we would be very aware of what's going on in our thinking. Why am I wanting this right now? What am I wanting right now? Because we do what we do because of what we think what we think. God, I just pray that your word would just wash our thinking. Help us. Help us. God, please help us. Lord, I would pray if there's anyone here this morning who's just hearing this whole discussion that we're having today and it's kind of like, I don't even know about this whole relationship with God thing. God, I would pray that today they would come and ask. Thanks, God. You created us as souls. Souls with a body. How we talk and how we see and how we hear and how we do and what we say and and where we go and how we live. All of that is a revealing reality of what's going on in our soul. I just pray we would work on it because it's important to you and we'd work on it because it is our soul being lived out. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray.